You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome to a Thursday edition of the Yanks Go Yard Podcast. I'm Adam Weinrib alongside Thomas Carinante, a.k.a. Maroon Live, the Maroon Boys, the two co-hosts of Maroon 5 Recap Podcast. Uh, About two hours ago, we saw each other's outfits for today, and we said, I'll change. No, I'll change, and uh, neither of us did. (laughs) So live on the show, uh, similar Maroon sweatshirts. That's what you get for uh, end-of-January off-season podcast where the New York Yankees aren't doing anything, and Brian Cashman is still talking for some reason. So we're going to talk a little bit about the debate that's arising in terms of projected lineups for opening day. Start Glaber Torres, sit Glaber Torres. Is Glaber Torres a top 10 second baseman in baseball, according to MLB Network? In that case, why would you sit him? It appears that the athletic staff is a little bit confused. Plus, Brian Kaffman continues to open his mouth, talk about Aaron Hicks, and really talk about what Aaron Hicks could be in 2023, when we all know what he can be and is. You just have to decide if you want to live with it. Plus, the infield log jam. You're not going to make a trade just to make a trade. How about make it a trade just to make a trade? Because there are too many people here, and the worst ones are starting. Plus, in 2023, Cooperstown, Hall of Fame results are in. Who's in? One more guy. No Yankees. When's the next time a Yankee's going to get in? Might be a little, might be a little while. Could be next year. Might be a little while, though. And the Boston Red Sox trade for their shortstop, and he is bad and unhealthy. Why not just trade for Isaiah Kiner-Falefa? I'm half kidding. I'm like one-third kidding. I'm honestly not even kidding at this point. Make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Drop us a five-star review. Drop us a mailbag question. We are on all podcast platforms. Uh, you can find us literally wherever podcasts are found and downloaded. But we're also live on YouTube Mondays and Thursdays, 2 o'clock Eastern time every week, all off-season long. We'll do an emergency pod if the world requires it. It's been a while. Carlos Rodon signed. That was fun. You have to do an emergency podcast. Andrew Benintendi went to the White Sox. Not worth an emergency podcast. And nobody else has even really been connected to the Yankees since then. It's been a month. So we'll do it if we have to. And it's not, it's not a have-to situation. It's a want-to situation. 
Work is work is pleasure. But uh, at this point, man, teams don't do anything. Thomas Garanante, welcome to the podcast. Uh, this, <laughs> I guess, this is the roster because uh, other teams are still signing players. There's like players out there, like the Red Sox are pursuing catchers and stuff. Red Sox started this offseason with like nine holes, and I don't think they're like good, but they're like, oh, I got this hole. All right, let me put a free agent in it. Oh, I got this hole. Let me like plan and like sign it. Like they're not, they didn't forget any of their holes. The Yankees forgot one. They still don't have a left fielder. And uh, the pitchers and catchers report in like 20 days. So uh, what are we doing here? We can maybe do an emergency pod when the Yankees signed Matt Barnes after the Red Sox DFA'd him. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe, but yeah, left field still vacancy. Brian Cashman still convinced that it's going to be Aaron Hicks. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, yeah, I don't know how we actually have this much to talk about today. After Monday, we were talking about how the offseason's a wasteland and there's nothing to do and we're bored and we're going to just have fun with football until spring training starts. Um, apparently, Cashman's quotes went well beyond the Aaron Hicks thing. Um, which we briefly discussed on Monday. Uh, He had a whole thing on MLB Network Radio and just kept going on and on and on. And I don't know who keeps sanctioning this. I don't know who. You know what the good news is, is Randy Levine joined the AC Milan board. That is good. You see that? So hopefully that means we don't ever have to hear from him again or see him at any press conference. But I'm sure he'll figure out a way to weasel his way into him. He's going to uh, tell AC Milan striker Dellen Belanchini that nobody comes uh, to the games to watch you kick. <laughs> Sorry, but then nobody coming to the game to watch you save a shot. The goalie is like a relief pitcher. Why are you doing an accent, Randy? <laughs> Just, they, Randy know not a, they know you're not Italian. <laughs> they don't. They think I'm Italian. <laughs> no, they don't. They, they, Randy Levine, they know. And honestly, I thought that Look, this might be my opinion. I don't know if anybody else thinks this, but I thought Cashman was kind of taking a little bit of a step back. I know we signed this contract extension, but I think we all know for a fact he had nothing to do with Aaron Judge's contract. He had absolutely nothing to do with it. Aaron Judge wanted money, and who's responsible for the money is absolutely not Brian Cashman. Brian Cashman's responsible for adhering to a budget. Hal Steinbrenner was the one who had to get on the phone to finalize the the, the number that ended up being $360 million. And you also know for a fact that Hal Steinbrenner was the one who was talking to Scott Boris about Carlos Rodon because he was willing to make the extra expenditure and there was a number that he had in mind and there was obviously a number that Carlos Rodon and Scott Boris had in mind and they apparently worked to a middle ground. I think that Boris and Rodon knew they were overshooting in that, what was it, like $210 million range. Um, Seven years at a certain yeah. point. Like but as good as Rodon is, the track record's not there. A lot of injury history, a lot of unknowns. But either way, that was a Hal Steinbrenner thing. If you want to give Cashman credit for the Tommy Canely deal, great. Um, $11.5 million, I think that's right where right where it needs to be. Um, so I thought we'd hear less from Cashman. Bring in Omar Minaya and Brian Sabian, great. Maybe a little bit of a, a tone down here. We don't have to... We don't have to listen to as much as the the PR speak or just um, the the stubbornness that comes out of this front office. But we heard more of it. We heard more of it that they hope Aaron Hicks can be the guy in left field. Again, we don't know if that's just lip service to get them through the offseason to figure out what their next steps are. Um, he also mentioned Josh Donaldson's probably the starter at third base, which most fans don't agree with. Um, still think it should be DJ LeMahieu at third, Glaber Torres at second. 
Um, then uh, speaking of the infield situation, they were asking about a trade, right? What's the deal? Who's going to get moved? Is anybody going to get moved? You have a lot of infielders, right? Is Anthony Volpe ready? You said he's going to get a, a shot at shortstop in spring training. Um, we know Oswald Peraz is ready. We know you have IKF on the bench as a utility guy. You know DJ LeMay, who's another option as a utility guy, if it uh, if it came to it. And you know at this point, Glaber Torres is your starting second baseman, and that's just the way it's going to be. Good second baseman, totally, totally fine. Ended up, you know, he was frustrating at times last year, but I don't know where you're getting that, where you're getting a better starter, where you're going to find that. You're probably not. Anyway, they talk about making trades, right? Whether whether it involved IKF, whether it involved Donaldson, whether it involved Torres. Um, and I think at this point, everyone just wants to see one of Hicks, Donaldson, or IKF gone. And Cashman said, quote, we're not just going to make a trade to make a trade. We're not going to make a trade to free up a spot for one of the kids. If we're going to make a trade, we're going to make sure that we get the proper value in return. Um, and uh, clearly just tone deaf, doesn't understand the market because you're not getting any value for Josh Donaldson in any capacity. He's making $29 million this year. He had the worst offensive season of his career. You're not getting value for Isaiah Conner-Falefa because he's making $6 million as a glorified utility option. Um, and Glaber Torres, for as high as you think his value may be, it's not as high as the Yankees want it to be. They want it to be as high as it was when he was an all-star caliber player back in 2018 and 2019, and those days are long gone. So I am scared that the reason they can't trade someone like Hicks or IKF or Donaldson is because they're asking for too much and they're not going to get what they want in return. And instead of just getting rid of the salary or getting rid of the player, they're going to keep them on the roster, keep the log jam, keep all these questions going. And it's just going to, it's going to set the tone poorly for opening day. I don't know how you feel about it, but I don't like it at all. Well, when he says make a trade to make a trade, it makes me think of Nelly saying, tell a friend to tell a friend in heart of a champion. Is that a helpful comment? Uh, not really, but uh, yeah, no, I don't want to, ma- I don't want to just, I'm not in the send Josh Donaldson to the moon camp. Like, Dude, trade him for legit nothing and start Anthony Volpe opening day. Like, of course, you're going to want to get non. You're not going to want to be so careless with the asset that you're just hucking people. <laughs> what on earth just happened? I loved it, though. Um, zoom in on the Maroon boys. Uh, but you're uh, you're not just like hucking him to the sun to clear space. Like, yes, nobody is asking you to just clear a path for the kids like unabated. Like, I kind of am, though, at this point. Okay, then then maybe you are, but what are we I, waiting for? If you're gonna keep Josh Donaldson, you have to be willing to sit him, and we know that they won't be. Yeah. That's my thing. Like, I don't mind Josh Donaldson being on the roster unless he's a true distraction in the clubhouse, which it kind of seemed like he was at points last year. If that's the case, get him the hell out of here and don't care about approximate value at all. Um, but if you're going to keep him on the roster, you better be willing to leave him on the bench, use DJ when he's healthy use Cabrera Peraza in the middle infield when Volpe's ready use Volpe Peraza in the middle infield Cabrera in left field give Hicks a breather like keep him on the roster there are things you can do with him but they mostly don't involve starting so I'm like 65 35 trade him before opening day but I'm certainly not in the mentality of well we gotta hold him because we gotta make sure we get fair value like dude the only fucker who thinks he has fair value is you right now you're the only one who traded genuine assets for josh donaldson last year you know how excited the twins were to get rid of him and then one year later 
all we're talking about is like, well, the bat wasn't what we thought it would be. He ended up with a 94 OPS plus, I think. It was like a little bit below league average, but the defense was way above league average. And that's great. You think the 37-year-old third baseman is getting better at defense as time marches on? Probably not. We already know a little thing about Josh Donaldson's aging curve, and then it hits really fast and involves giant regret. Like, everybody's body is different. There are 40-year-old Albert Pujols turned back the hands of time last year and had an incredible season. It's possible. Every hitter is different. But we know what Josh Donaldson's body does because it just happened between 2021 and 2022. He ended up a step or a step and a half slow on fastballs that he used to be able to hit. He ended up not being able to judge curveballs that he used to judge. He ended up in Todd Frazier mode in the ALCS against the Astros, starting his swing when the ball was already in the catcher's glove on a curveball down the middle. Uh, His whiff and all the barrel percentage and the things that would indicate that he still hits the ball hard were relatively stable year over year, a little bit worse, but indicated that when he makes contact, sometimes the ball still goes very far. And that's great. But he made contact far less than he ever had that's not likely to reverse itself year over year and the defense and the lateral quickness and the range is not going to get any better over time uh that's how somebody turns into modern day Evan longoria real quick but longoria has a check in the leadership column donaldson has a check in the annoying guy column remember when he was talking shit to like the rays when the Yankees were busy getting shut out six nothing at the trop last year he's like talk 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 it's like you haven't gotten a hit since august so lot like and you're you're only making it worse you're only digging the hole deeper people are going to troll the yankees no matter what happens off the field you're adding some off the field stuff to their struggles so i'm not a josh donaldson fan or an advocate i can agree with brian cashman i don't think these prospects should have just earned a red carpet directly to the opening day roster even Derek jeter in 96 was not the plan a and thank god he showed up because they don't win the 96 world series with tony fernandez at short or Randy Velarde in the infield, or any of the veteran backup plans. But he was forced into action. Uh, I'm not saying force Anthony Volpe into action, but I'm saying I would like Anthony Volpe to go out and hit 360 at AAA in April, end this debate, get called up in May, and be starting down the stretch right into the playoffs. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan 
planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Yeah, and the only thing that I, the only reason I'm forcing the issue now in terms of getting rid of the players that clearly are good enough to fill out a spot on the roster, but not good enough to actually elevate the team is because the kids are part of your plan. You have made it known that Anthony Volpe, Oswald Peraza, Oswaldo Cabrera, some combination of those three, or even two if you get rid of one of them, are emphasized for the next seven or eight years if it goes your way, six, six years at the very least. And you made that clear by passing on these last two shortstop classes. Okay, great. You didn't think Carlos Correa was a fit? Okay, whatever. Didn't want to give Trey Turner 11 years? Okay, why didn't you give Dansby Swanson this, this, the contract he got? That was the most reasonable one. That was the above league average offense, absolutely stellar defense. Um, I'm not saying you should have done it. I'm just saying if you're sitting here and you're telling me that you are passing on all these premier options because you trust the players, the young players that you have coming up, then you should trust them enough to get rid of barely replacement level players on your roster at this moment, which and which they are. Josh Donaldson, I understand his career before arriving in New York has been great. 1.6 war last year, 97 WRC plus, negative 6.6 offensive rating. Again, great defense, but you could put DJ LeMay with third base who plays a very good third base. The numbers are there to back it up. The eye test is there for DJ. The advanced metrics are there for DJ. Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, not a full-time shortstop. So you're willing to put a non-full-time shortstop at shortstop instead of just putting – a talented young player who plays full-time shortstop at shortstop. But then again, you're not willing to go out and go the extra mile to get a true third base, a a true all-star, you know, perennial all-star third baseman like Manny Machado or theoretically uh, a five, two player like Trey Turner at shortstop. So which is it? You're, you're willing to stay worse in the meantime, as you wait for these guys to get to a level you want them to, or, I just don't know. That's that's where I'm saying, okay, great. You didn't want to make hasty moves last year and and, and make a plan for Volpe and Peraza because you weren't sure yet. That's fair. They weren't entirely there yet. Now you have a full year of another body of work from them where Peraza reached the major leagues and Volpe rebounded after a slow start and ended up being and ended up being a very good player and got to AAA. So now the wait should be over. I don't think there's much more you need to see from either of them. Yes, like you said. Maybe maybe all we need to see is just Volpe tear it up for three weeks at AAA before he gets the nod. But I think he forces the issue in, in spring training because any of those pitchers that he's facing in spring training are going to be better than guys at AAA. So that's where I'm saying, why are we still dragging our feet with a trade? Why are we still worried about value? 
what are you still worried about the trajectory of these young players for? It's already right there for you, and this is what you've wanted. It's what you've said that you've wanted. And I would love to just not be wondering about Josh Donaldson's effect on the clubhouse. That's yeah. a horrible one. Like, I don't want to even have the question in my mind. I know Aaron Judge is the leader of this team. I know Anthony Rizzo is the leader of this team. I don't want anybody on this roster who I'm like, hey, are they in net negative? Like, I just don't want to even think about it. I want to know everyone on the roster is, is tuned into the same goal. Um, and that sort of brings us to Glaber Torres, who yeah. is probably going to be on this roster. We talked about this Last show, the Marlins clogged up their infield with like an, an extra 12 second baseman. So not only are they out, they're like mega out. Uh, Luisa Rise is there. They moved Jazz Chisholm to center field because they're running out of space. Uh, the second baseman store called and they're running out of you. They might sign Yuli Gurriel. Uh, they also signed Gene Segura. Claybert Torres is not going there. And there's no one on the pitching staff who the Yankees want in exchange for Claybert Torres. The dream is dead. That means he's on the New York Yankees. And I guess that's good that we got that sorted because every time he thinks he's going to get traded, he sucks. So I'm glad we figured it out before the season and didn't let it linger into the regular season at the very least. But Glaber Torres performs worse when he does not know what position he's playing or when he's playing shortstop or when he doesn't know what team he's on. It's not great. You don't want a guy on your roster who's like, hey, we better mis- we better pay attention to this one guy to make sure that teamwork is paramount. Like, all right, it's not wonderful that we have to focus on Glaber Torres so specifically, but we do. Because when he thought he was getting traded last summer, he had one of the worst months you'll ever see. And you know it was bad because the rest of the year was like all-star level. 24 homers uh, got up to 114 OPS plus last year. And and his an 800 plus, he had an OPS over 800 in June and July. And then August, yeah. I believe, was in the 400s. It was like 423 or some shit, which is really extremely embarrassing. So whenever he's unsettled, he performs worse. That's what we know about Labor Torres. We know he's on the roster, probably, and we know his role's not currently settled. So Brendan Cuddy and Chris Kirshner are both at the Athletic right now. Uh, Yankees have two beers at the Athletic. Sick. Uh, but they're in uh, not in accordance on what happens to Labor Torres to start the season. Kirshner says starts with Donaldson on the bench. Cuddy says benched with Donaldson and LeMahieu both in the lineup. Uh, now that's what happened last year. But at that time, Josh Donaldson was, I don't know how a lot of fans, I don't know if we believed in him, but at the time he was hot new acquisition, 35 homer bat in the middle of the order, clear upgrade on Gio Urshela. That ended up being, yeah, he was a new acquisition, Point number two, not true. Point number three, not true. But at the time, you got to start Josh Donaldson, and Glaber ended up being the odd man out, just as DJ LeMahieu was at the start of 2019 because we started Troy Tulowitzki on opening day. That sorted itself out quickly. Uh, if Kirshner is right and Glaber gets benched on opening day again this year, that would mean we saw what Josh Donaldson was able to provide and understood it was underwhelming, and then we're like, that's truly where the run it back people actually get some credence because that would be running. That would be running back. We know something that does not work and benching someone who MLB network just called Glaber Torres, the 10th best second baseman in baseball. Do you agree with MLB network? It's, it's up for debate, right? I, you can put that on the table. We can talk, we could put him 12th. We could put him 14th. MLB network thinks he's the 10th best second baseman in baseball. And some Yankee beat writers think he will not be starting on opening day in favor of a third baseman who we can all agree is bottom five third baseman in baseball right now. Bottom 10, 
if you really want to weight the defense unequally. So uh, first of all, we need to settle Gleyber Torres' role for his own benefit, for the team's benefit. But second, even if he wasn't someone who relied on routine, what are we doing here? Taking someone who might be a top 10 option off the field in favor for someone in favor of someone who we know can't hack it. Yeah, I the, the, the scenario going into last year and the scenario going into this year, like you said, are completely different. Labor Torres deserved to be benched at the start of last year because of the way, A, the way that he played shortstop, B, the way that the Yankees kind of, you know, put their head in the sand, allowed him to persist that long at the position. Labor Torres obviously allowed his defense to erode as badly as it did and then allowed his offense to follow with it and get even worse and worse. Um, so that was on him. Whether the position change was right or not, he let it affect him so poor. He let it affect him so poorly mentally that he regressed in every area of the game. He did not earn an opening day start. Now, as frustrating as maybe his 2022 was from some angles, ended above average. Offense was worlds better than Josh Donaldson. His defense at second base was largely great. I don't know on. I don't know why anybody would think the opening day lineup is better with Glaber out of it and Josh Donaldson in it. Also, I don't necessarily agree with um, the other take that Cuddy had in there that we can expect LeMahieu to be more mostly a utility guy with a large amount of his, his reps coming at second base. I don't – how? Where? What is – I mean, that if that's the take, then that's fine. I just need to know – I need to know how. Where is Glaber going? Is he DHing now? Because the Yankees are going to need a lot of DH spots open for someone like LeMahieu, for someone like Giancarlo Stanton, who lives in the DH spot, someone like Aaron Judge, who's going to need days off because he works his ass off and the last two seasons has played in as many games as he possibly could and played a ton in center field last year. Um, so I don't see a world where DJ LeMahieu is playing most of his games at second base because Glaber Torres is not playing shortstop nor is he sitting on the bench because this lineup is exponentially worse with a limited DJ LeMahieu from a range perspective at second base and Josh Donaldson at third base. Um, and Anthony Rizzo is pretty much Freddie Freeman Jr. I don't understand why he would be getting a ton of time off where DJ LeMahieu would need to eat reps at first base. So um, I guess based on what's happened in the past and how DJ was utilized, that could hold some truth to it. But I th- once again, I think the last year told us a lot of what we needed to know. DJ LeMay was banged up. He cannot be logging most of his reps at second base. I don't think he has the capability to. That requires a ton of mobility. It's a, you're moving, you're moving so far to your left and right. Um, you need a ton of range. Um, it's going to be even more demanding with no shift on come 2023. Hmm. So I don't know where that fits in. And then if you're going to talk about making Glaber Torres essentially a part-time player, um, that I mean, that's just how I'm interpreting it because, again, DJ LeMay, who should be playing in what, 150 games? If he's playing in 150 games and he's healthy and most of those reps are coming in second base, then Glaber Torres is either not playing or we've invented a new position. Maybe he's playing Rover. Like, I, I, I really don't understand where this is coming from. Um and I don't know if I missed anything last year, so let me pull this up quickly. If I'm not mistaken, DJ LeMahieu logged most of his reps last year at third base. Um, 
And that was even with Torres kind of falling out of favor with everything, pulling it up right now. Yeah, 47 games at third base, 41 at second, 35 at first. But there's also a number of things to remember here. Third base, Donaldson was out for a little while. Second base, um, why did he play so many games at second base? That's what I need to know. What, where did I miss that? But first base was obvious because Anthony Rizzo missed a, missed a decent amount of time last year with yeah. with a couple of injuries. So that Donaldson, makes sense. Donaldson got suspended. Donaldson, Donaldson got suspended. Muscle up. Yeah, like there there is a time when Donaldson wasn't playing. But Glaber, I don't even remember. Glaber what, played a couple games at shortstop last year, if that? Yeah, I don't think he, he started short more than a couple times. He played – he one started shortstop, six total games, 124 games at second. Um he hit the IL for something. Something happened at some point. Forgot what it was. It was like a wrist or a finger. Um, but and then in the beginning of the year, I think that they were still feeling it out with Torres um, because of how the following uh, or how the last season transpired with him. Glaber and everything. Did, Glaber did wreck his ankle. Remember that game where uh, the Astros? Yeah. We walked off the Astros, but before we walked off the Astros, he had. Uh, Free shot at home plate and fell over and spun his ankle into the dirt and ended up on the ground getting tagged out for the third out. That was deflating. Uh, but other than that, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, he mostly played at second base. So, yeah, I mean, DJ filled in there when Glaber was not – was was unwell or was getting a day off. So, um, even so, most of the reps still came at third base um, with – Josh Donaldson defending in the manner that he did. He had a great defensive season. So um, you throw in the fact that he has the DJ LeMayo has this unknown foot injury. Now, I don't know how you can use him as a utility man, especially when you literally kept Isaiah Connor Falefa for $6 million to fulfill this role. He's not going to be the sharding, uh, the sharding shorts. He, he will be the sharding. He would be. He would be. If he was out. He's not going to start there. Um, so he's going to be utilized as a guy who fills in at second, short, and third when the Yankees need it. I don't, I don't know where this – to me, the only option is Donaldson, Donaldson bench or Donaldson traded. I don't, I don't know how you utilize DJ LeMahieu on his feet that often with sports hernia surgery that he had that year or abdomen surgery and now a mysterious foot injury that they say he's out of the woods with but – do we really know? Are we really going to know until he's playing full-time games on his feet, defense and offense? Just asking. Just wondering. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? 
picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket, outsourcing business tasks you hate. What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Yeah, I miss DJ LeMayhew. It's been so long since he didn't have this toe issue that we forget how effective he was in the first half last year. He was great. Uh, but I think that's why it's fair for a lot of people to be like, oh, so, so we're not running it back, right? Oh, then promise me DJ LeMayhew's still going to be around in October. It's like, I can't promise you that because I haven't seen it in a while. Uh, so I don't – I think if DJ LeMayhew's healthy – it should be DJ at third, Torres at second on opening day. And if DJ LeMay, who's not healthy, it should be Donaldson at third, Torres at second on opening day. But I don't see a version of this where Glaber Torres is again the odd man out on opening day, pending an injury in spring training or pending a very out-of-character implosion in spring training. I don't know what Glaber's yeah. – this could all change. Maybe Glaber goes one for 38 and they go, man, we got to clear his head. Ugh, we got to promise him he's not getting traded. Meanwhile, they're like calling the Marlins being like, you, sh- you positive. Are you guys positive? You can't use a DH. Gene Segura doesn't want to play left field. Johnny Cueto going to play first base. I mean, I don't know what the Marlins are doing. And I don't know why Jazz Chisholm's in center field. But uh, yeah, I guess we'll see. Maybe Glaber's a total mess. Maybe they know something we don't know. But I think he has to start opening day with the way the roster is currently constructed. Now, let's talk Hall of Fame a little bit, uh, just a little bit. Uh, Scott Rowland went in yes on uh, yesterday, on Tuesday at this point. Uh, that's it from this current ballot. That That's all we got. We got Fred McGriff from the Veterans Committee. Shouts to Fred McGriff. We got Scott Rowland by a couple of votes. Uh, I think he's a deserving Hall of Famer. Some don't. And honestly, if you don't, I'm like nodding with you as well. I get it. I'm not like a Scott Rowland acolyte who's just going to say like, Check the F war, though. If you want to tell me that the way you remember baseball is not as with Scott Rowland as a superstar of the 2000s, then I, I get it because he wasn't really. He what was the deciding play. factor here, you think? Because I don't know why he would be a Hall of Famer. I don't care. I'm happy for him. I just don't know yeah. how this is a resume that that gets you in. The textbook definition of don't care uh, for me. But, like, I feel like he was extremely steady throughout his career – the yeah. weird thing about the Hall of Fame that doesn't get mentioned that often is that it's extremely uh, hard to get in as a third baseman. It's extremely underrepresented position. And most of the traditional Hall of Fame counting stats, like the monitor, have a likely Hall of Famer will get 100 points on the monitor, which basically means you led the league in a bunch of stuff. You were an all-star. You were in the postseason. You won awards. A likely Hall of Famer is a 100. Roland is a 99. He's like, he's right there. He's the textbook definition of an average Hall of Famer. Then you add in the third base aspect and Jay Jaffe's Jaws system. It's not the be all end all. I'm not just going to go like, yeah, we should just induct the top 20 in Jaws at every position. I'm not going to say that either. But 
Third baseman don't get in very often. Roland ranks 10th among all third basemen in the history of baseball by this system. And now, thanks to his election, uh, we have it, We have elected uh, Adrian Beltre is number four on this list, and he's getting in next year. Uh, but now that Roland's in, we've got the top 11 in the hall. Then Greg Nettles, 12th. Yankee fans, interesting. Home run Baker, 13th. And that's pretty much it. We okay. haven't inducted any other third baseman. They're okay. not here. Uh, so it, it's kind of insane to, to read the list. Going down the list, you've got, I mean, we're inducting people. We're just sort of picking people at random from here on out. It's like guys from the 1910s and turn of the century. And like Deacon White is in. He's the 39th best third baseman of all time. That doesn't really tell us much at all. But it's true. Like we're sort of just going down the line. George Kell is in. He's number 51. Pie Trainer is an all-time legend, but he's also number 54. Uh, the Hall of Fame has long been messed up. Scott Rowland is way closer to the median than to the back end. Uh, this does make you think, yeah, Dick Allen should probably be in. Greg Nettle should probably be in. Ken Boyer, also right around there. Rest in peace, Sal Bando. He's right around there. Evan Longoria is ahead of Nolan Arenado in the 18th spot. Arenado's wow. in 19th. But, like, Arenado will be the next shoe-in whenever he retires. But third base is, is basically a position that doesn't get into the hall very often because a lot of third basemen are rock solid. Most of them are not exceptional. And people are sort of starting to reevaluate Scott Rowland's defense, put it alongside Brooks Robinson's, say, like, he's exceptional without being legendary. He didn't have those postseason moments. He just was able to hold down the fort at third base very well. For nearly two decades so so good for scott roland uh late rush on the voting uh todd helton was close not quite he'll get in next year billy wagner was close made a huge jump he'll probably get in next year too but the yankees are left out in the cold a little bit now first of all i saw a post on facebook today facebook <laughs> Uh, Facebook, which is a great place to have it's a great place to spark discussions and it's where people of all the right age still are uh, young people's haven, facebook.com. They were talking about, uh, well, they, they were talking about uh, who's Hall of Fame. Oh, Dale Murphy's Hall of Fame cases compared to Scott Rowland's. And they were saying, if Dale Murphy's not a Hall of Famer, then like, then Rowland shouldn't be either. And they were putting their counting stats up against each other. And someone in the comments said, the only reason Murphy's not in is because he's a brave. If he were a Yankee, he'd be in already. No, that's not true. Don Mattingly is the same player as Dale Murphy. He's not in, and he's probably never getting in. Thurman Munson not in. Bernie Williams not in. Jorge Posada not in. Andy Pettit not in. The Yankee Greg Nettles not in. The Yankees don't get in very often. And the Braves just got Fred McGriff in. So I really don't know what you're talking about, Braves Facebook. But congrats on turning 75. Braves book. Uh, congrats on turning 75 years old and still being on Facebook. But all, all that aside... The Yankees, uh, they still have Gary Sheffield on the ballot till next year. It's his final year. He made a big run this year, too. He's still at 55%. 20% is a long gap to make up next year. And the steroid link. I mean, a pretty definitive steroid link there. Uh, I don't really know what we're doing with the steroid links anymore. I would love for you to enlighten me there. A-Rod, can't cra- he's not moving up at all. He can't crack anything on the ballot. He's in, like, the 30s. He's got no chance. He's going to be Bonds. He's going to be Clemens. But for some reason, Gary Sheffield, who 
didn't get suspended for steroids, but like paid the Balco guys in cash money. We've decided that like we're softening our steroid stance on the most random people on the ballot and focusing our ire on the better players. I understand suspension versus not suspended, but Barry Bonds never suspended. I mean, someone's going to have to explain this to me at some point. Uh, I don't know. Where, where do you stand on Sheffield? Do you think he's a Hall of Famer? You think he's getting in? I mean, he didn't play a lick of defense. He's not really on top of my list. If you told me he got in, I would be like, cool. Another Yankee. That guy was scary at the plate. But I've got 15 guys I want in ahead of Gary Sheffield. I think we might be waiting a little longer as Yankee fans for our next enshrining. Yeah, I mean, A-Rod ain't getting in. That's uh, – it's clearer and clearer every single year that that's not happening. Sheffield, I mean, yeah, you're right, no defense, but 500 home runs, career 907 OPS, that's, like, pretty freaking good. Um, depends what lens you're viewing it through. David Ortiz was the greatest DH of all time per the people who voted him in first ballot. Yeah. Um, if you have that same mindset – um, I, I would I would guess Gary Sheffield is a Hall of Famer, even though he has uh, much less postseason success than um, David, Ortiz had, David Ortiz had, but still got a World Series and still dominated in that World Series against Cleveland. So um, I don't know. The, the Hall of Fame debates are weird to me. I, uh, I don't really subscribe to, to much. I don't I'm not against people getting in. I'm not. Over, I'm not overly passionate about someone getting in or somebody not like Scott Rowland. Great for him. You just explained it to me. It made more sense why how third basemen are kind of uh, overlooked in the grand scheme of things. And eight-time Gold Glover, I think that that uh, kind of you know kind of does it. He played for three teams. One did he win a couple World Series or just one? Did he Scott even? Rowland. He won. Uh, OC got With one. The in Cardinals. OC, right? OC, but I think that's it. He, he lost to the Red Sox in a yeah. 04, um, which should disqualify you from the Hall of Fame. If you lose the Red Sox in the World Series, <laughs> you're out. Uh, but yeah, yeah the one title. Yeah, I don't. I, I really don't know. I mean, it'll, look, we we had our Jeter moment last year. I think that's that's all we need. I'm not worried about the next Yankee to get in. Um, but yeah, it could be a while. I don't. I don't see Sheffield making a 20 percent jump, um, just because he's the last year on the ballot. We've seen. Look at Jeff Kemp this year, 46 percent. Uh, I mean, that's to some people one of the greatest second basemen of his generation. That person's I put, not I put, I put Kent in. Uh, yeah. it, Kent's a weird one where, like, every single year you're only allowed to vote for so many people. And I would read the ballot and be like, eh, like Kent's my 12th on this ballot. <laughs> like, Kent's my 13th or whatever. But at the end of the day, he's off the ballot now. He's going to the Veterans Committee. If you look me in the eyes and are like, is Jeff Kent the Hall of Famer? I'm like, yeah, I think he is. He almost had 400 homers at second base. Like, yeah, I think Chase Utley is too. And I think he's going to have this. I don't think he's getting in either. I guess we'll see. But yeah. like, if you remove all the restrictions, stop. Don't tell anyone they, have, they can only vote for a certain number of guys. Don't compare Jeff Kent to Larry Walker, to Derek Jeter, to Mariano Rivera. Just tell, hey, you grew up during this era. Is Jeff Kent the Hall of Famer to you? I go, uh, yep. Yeah, yeah. I think so he's like just as impactful as Ivan Rodriguez was to me, and he was in pretty easily. So yeah. yes, I think so. Yeah, I think all in all, we're looking at what twenty twenty five or twenty twenty six for Beltron, because yeah. I am next- very curious to see what happens to him next year. After there is a chance, unlikely but possible, that all the people who punished him 
only punish him for one year. And then we see him go up to like 78 next year and get yeah. right in. He has a better chance of getting in than Sheffield to me. Yeah, 100%. Because um, I think next year, Helton's getting in. It's got. It's time for him. Helton's in. That's he easy. missed it by what? If, if Helton doesn't get in, something has gone really wrong next year. Yeah. Legendary player, want play for one franchise. I think that has inherent value to it. Um, even if it was the Rockies, who cares? Um, he did what he had to do for a very long career and was very good at it. Uh, 72.2% this year. He's in next year. Um, yeah. Billy Wagner, um, I think, probably gets in next year, the way that his vote percentages have been climbing. Um, and then I think the outside shots here for former Yankees are Andrew Jones and Beltron. And I think that that could be 2025, 2026, 27, because then I think, I don't know if Beltre is first ballot. Do you? Yes. You do? I don't think he's beloved too. But I think he is. Yeah. I think he is. But the way that they vote, are they going to get a class of three people next year? It's just not the whole style over the last like 10 years or so. I we're going to see a class of Helton, Wagner, and Beltre. I think we are. I think that's okay. what we're seeing next year. I hey, was I'm about Beltre. to go in. I was about to go into prediction mode. Uh, bookmark. <laughs> bookmark this. I think we're looking at. I think we're looking at Helton, uh, Wagner, Beltre next year. Then I think we're looking at Ichiro, CC, and uh, Andrew Jones in on the 2025 ballot. Two first, two first timers, and one holdover, and then 2026, no first timers get in. And so then it's Beltron and Veterans Committee boy. That, that's okay. what I think. Good. I like that. I like bigger classes. Twenty twenty six. Class of three. When was the last time we saw a class of three? We had a we had a fat one in twenty nineteen. It was like Halliday, uh, Edgar Martinez. Last year was a huge class, but it was all veterans. It was like Jim yeah, Tom no, Brady, yeah, Bill Hodges, et cetera, et cetera. Um, yeah, 20, 2026 is Cole Hamels, Ryan Braun and his PEDs, Shinsu Chu, Edwin Encarnacion, Alex Gordon, Matt Kemp, Nick Marcakis, Hunter Pence. That's a bunch of thank you for your service. Uh, we'll see you later, guys. So it'll be holdovers, uh, pretty much battling it out. Uh, you're gonna have you're gonna have to deal with Joe Mauer at that point. I'm interested in Joe Mauer. How about my guy Victor Martinez, who mm-hmm. I think might be a Hall of Famer, but gonna have to definitely not get in on the first ballot chase utley it's a question mark david wright not gonna happen but hmm hmm curtis granderson no but like wouldn't it be cool felix hernandez no but wouldn't it be cool we're losing a whole generation of pitchers i've gone on this rant before i won't do it again but i i do think uh I think Beltron gets in. Sheffield doesn't. I think he's your next Yankee, and I think it's several years down the line. And I think we have one more annoying year where Don Mattingly does not get it. Yeah. I think I think he's going to be on another Veterans Committee ballot in between, and we'll all waste our time arguing over it again, and then he does not get in again. Where's Thurman Munson? Do that one. That one's easy. So he's, easy. His career ended at the perfect time. It's short. It's got a huge perfect time. That's good. <laughs> Let it be out. But for, for Hall of Fame purposes, there's yes. no downside of his career. He is a legend through and through. He is beloved by every Yankee fan. What? How does it cheapen the Hall of Fame if you put Thurman Munson in? I will never understand this. Yadier Molina is going to go in, and that guy sucked. <laughs> 
guy sucked. Sucked like as a person or sucked at baseball? Sucked on offense. He couldn't hit. Yeah. He's going to be the worst first ballot Hall of Famer of all time. Yeah, Thurman Munson. Rookie of the year, MVP, seven-time All-Star, three-time Gold Glove, two-time World Series captain of the Yankees. Holds weight. Holds weight. Yadier Molina had three seasons in his career where he was solidly above average offensively. 2011, 12, 13. He also had a 111 OPS plus in 2016. Good for him. Other than that, average or below for the remainder of his career. The defense is great. He, he's a Hall of Famer because we all decided he was, but Thurman Munson was better at his peak, and his whole career was a peak, and he should be in the Hall of Fame. Is Yachty a postseason legend? Yeah, he kind of is. Yeah. St. Louis World Series hit 333 with an 830 OPS. Uh, I'm sorry, te- uh, against the Rangers, against the Tigers, 412 average, 1.029 OPS. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, 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 I mean, if David Ortiz got in on, on being the best DH and being a postseason legend, then Yachty has the longevity and the clutch. The clutch thing, which doesn't exist unless yeah. you want it to exist for certain people, um, yeah. it, it plays a role. Uh, yeah, no, no steroid guys, but one steroid guy because he's nice. Uh, clutch <laughs> isn't real except for it's real for this one guy that we like because he beat the Yankees a bunch of times. Uh, yeah, are we putting uh, – who else is a Yankee killer who wasn't very good? Are we putting uh, Randall Gritchick in the Hall of Fame when he's eligible? <laughs> Worth wondering. <laughs> Randall Gritchick, we'll see him on the ballot in a long time. Yeah. Um, Randall Gritchick has a better chance than like Matt Kane, who was on the ballot this year. Yeah, uh, we'll see. Speaking of the Red Sox, we were just talking about Ortiz. The Red Sox are making moves still, believe it or not, um, mm-hmm. but the wrong moves again. Yeah. Um, as you all know, the Red Sox needed a shortstop. Xander Bogarts left. Trevor Story elbow surgery, um, and they have nobody imminent in the pipeline to help out. So what they do? They went out. They acquired Hassan Kim. Oh no, they didn't. I'm sorry. No, they oh, did sign Jerks and Profar to fill in a shortstop, and then no, mm-hmm. they didn't do that. No, they inquired about Jay Cronenworth, right? No, some point. No, yeah, at some point, and then they didn't. Um, nope, they went out and they traded for Alberto Mondesi of the mm-hmm. Kansas City Royals, former number one prospect in that organization. Um, man. Red Sox fans, uh, I get it. I'd be upset too. Uh, this guy has been <laughs> during the press conference after the trade too on Tuesday, I believe it was. Heim Bloom said that there is no guarantee that he'll be ready for opening day. Mondesi's coming off a torn ACL from last year, so they don't know when he'll be ready. He has had one season since debuting in 2016, playing over 75 games, and his career high is 102 games. Um, the speed on how, wait, Thomas, before we go on, how long is the season? Is it longer than 102 games? After 2020, yeah, I think it is. Yeah, it usually is. So I think it good. is. I think it's 162 games, folks. Mm-hmm. Um, and longevity here is the name of the game because the Red Sox are unsure if Trevor Story will actually play. I know they said that he underwent – it was another makeshift Tommy John procedure. Um that would have him miss four to six months. I don't know how true that is. 
They um, taped him up again. They, Zach yeah. Britton. Zach Britton took the tape off and put it on Trevor Story's elbow. That's, that's and are we sure Trevor Story's not going to go back to second base? Do they really view him as a shortstop? That Adelberto Trevor middle infield. That is uh, feel feel the singles. Yeah. The thing about Mondesi, which you have to like about his profile, is that his defense is tremendous, um, and his speed is undeniable. He's so. He stole 43 bases in that year that he played 102 games. Um, He's so fast, his legs cannot stay together. Their muscles. <laughs> he is too fast for his own muscles. They tear yeah. routinely. 24 stolen bags in the shortened 60-game uh, season where he played 59 games. Um, but a below-average offensive player. you got to get on base mm-hmm. in order to stay. And this is remarkable, too, because he has a career 280 on base percentage but he has stole 133 bases in 358 games. So there's value here, but you're coming off a torn ACL. How many sports that are way more physically demanding than baseball? You talk basketball, you talk football. There is always a full year grace period before said player gets back on track to their normal factory levels of speed, of agility, of just ability to – perform and get back up to game speed. So if this was a gamble by the Red Sox because they were bullish on his second season after ACL surgery, I would probably be a little bit scared here, but he played 15 games last year. He missed the entire rest of the year because of this surgery and he might not be ready for opening day. So outside of him being a sexy depth option off the bench, to me, this is a move a contender makes to stash Mondesi for later in the season, let him get back on track, bring him in as a defensive plate replacement here and there, and then have him as a burner later in the season in the postseason to fill in if you need defensive help, to fill in as a pinch runner um, or even as a pinch hitter if you need uh, maybe a spark here and there. For a guy who's going to need to eat a lot of middle infield reps because you have no middle infielders, this is another move that clearly misses the mark for me, and I don't know if we're overlooking something here, but uh, I think we've done enough recon to kind of determine that this doesn't really make that much sense. He better be ready for opening day. He, he better be. Uh, I mean, we were kidding about Isaiah Connor Falefa, but seriously, like, I mean, you know, Hassan Kim is greater than Isaiah Connor Falefa. Yeah, yes. but Isaiah Connor Falefa put up three war last year, doesn't hit. I mean, we quibble with his defense. He might not be a shortstop, uh, but he he puts bat on ball. He shows he could up be for game. fifty games. If the Red Sox are looking at Adalberto Mondesi anyway, you might as well be looking at Isaiah Connor Falefa. Like yep. clearly, there Elvis Andrews is a better option. J, uh, Jake Cronenworth, Hassan Kim, Jerickson Profar. These are all better options. Adalberto Mondesi. I guess we'll Adalberto Mondesi, but for me, uh, I don't know about that. And as someone who's constantly – I literally flinch when I read that the Red Sox are on the verge of a move. Right now, I'm trying to justify why I should be scared of them signing Roberto Perez, who has not hit in three years since the juiced ball behind the plate. I reflexively think what they do could be good. This one I don't understand at all, especially given the other options on the market. Elvis Andrews hit like 20 homers last year. I still Did remember he? the moment. I still remember the moment. When I was making fun of Elvis Andrews as a Yankees option and was like, give me a, give me an absolute break. Uh, and then I looked 17 homers, 249, 535 ABs, 103 OPS plus three war. 
Uh, he hit nine homers in 43 games for the White Sox in the second half after moving on from Oakland. That's a better option than Alberto Mondesi, unless you're just stashing him there. But who, like, when I when the when Haim Bloom says we have a move in the works, I'm always like, uh oh, this is going to be the one. He's going to get it right, and then it's Alberto Mondesi, and I'm like, no, never mind, not yet. I think Justin Turner is going to be pretty good for the Red Sox. I think Yoshida's yeah. going to be all right. Uh, but I, I, even me, the eternal Red Sox optimist, thinks they got worse. Yeah, I mean, I think some of the other moves that they could have made were a little bit tall asks. Luis Arise, I, he was on the market. He right? clearly was available for the right. He was available. He got traded for a, a, a number three starter and a top five prospect. So, like, I don't think that was totally out of the question for the Red Sox to figure out where they could have traded from a sur- an area of surplus. Um, maybe the Rockies weren't willing to move him, but we heard buzz about Brennan Rogers earlier in the offseason. Like if you're serious about upgrading a shortstop, I mean, talk about keeping the seat warm for prospects who are far off Marcello Meyer. I mean, I guess that's what they're doing. They're, they're not, they're not locking down because if you go after one of these controllable assets, look, a rise would have been second base. You move Kike Hernandez to shortstop figure it out. Brennan Rogers could have played shortstop. You keep, uh, you put Kike at second or you keep Kike in center and you put uh, Christian Arroyo at second. A lot of, a lot of other options. You go after Kim, you have him for what, two or three more years. He can play everywhere. So when Trevor story comes back, you're not dealing with a situation where it's like, Oh, well we got this shortstop and now we stuck here. So now what do we do? Uh, Kim can play third short and second. And Justin Turner could very well opt out of his deal after this year. So you might have a need at third or, um, well, no, you have, you have Devers, but either way you have options. You put Devers at DH for a couple games, you move things around, you know how it works. Um, this was the, I would have been more on board with an Elvis Andrews signing for them, honestly. And that was, that was, we looked at that and we laughed at that. And now we're looking at this and it's like, there is Mondesi's owed three and a half million this year. That's not cheap for a guy who's barely played. IKF making six million, who's a very durable player and can play three positions. Catcher, if you really needed him to, and he's probably better than the catching options that the Red Sox have right now. Just saying, could have been could have been an auto, Adam Adovino dump. For me, it's like uh, if you're signing Turner, Yoshida, Andrews, Adam Duvall, and like an ace type pitcher, like you shell out the money for it on, then I'm like, all right, they're doing a 2013. It's like a couple great players, a bunch of average ones, good clubhouse guys, and they're going to scare me for no reason. Without the pitching, with Corey Kluber as your pitching acquisition, and without the shortstop, and without Trevor Story, who we thought was going to be there when we were entertaining this conversation, I'm not seeing it right now. So, uh, yeah, that's I don't want to I don't I don't want to do another Red Sox podcast on Monday. I don't know. Nope. I don't want to do Red Sox podcast on Thursday. Yankees only. Like Juan Uribe watching the TV of football in the Mets locker room. What is this? Fucking football? Bullshit. Baseball. <laughs> what is this? Red Sox? Yankees podcast. Come on. But the Yankees aren't doing anything. So we got to nope. critique uh, Adalberto Modesty and the Boston Red Sox. Uh, we would love to talk about even the tiniest left field edition. We, uh, honestly, uh, well, look, we got a couple minutes left. Hot take. I think Rafael Ortega is your opening day left fielder. I think he is. I don't doubt it. I'm not going to be surprised. Whoever's starting in left field, nothing's going to surprise me. Unless it's somebody that's not even 
better recent track record than uh, our current actual left fielder, Aaron Hicks. Rafael Ortega had a 121 OPS plus in 2021. Not that long ago. There was one season ago. He was really good. Yeah. Unless that's it's it. somebody not on this roster on opening day that's starting in left field, I'm not going to be shocked. No. That's it. That's it. That's it. Thank you so much, everybody, for joining us on another edition of the Yanks Go Yard podcast, where we spent 25 minutes talking about Scott Rowland and 15 minutes roasting Red Sox GM Chaim Bloom, which is uh, sort of par for the course these days. I keep trying to get people to say that the Red Sox are going to be good so that the Red Sox will not get motivation from everybody telling them they're going to be bad. But you know what? I can't get it done. Someone said they're going worse to first. Some analyst said it. we got to find it. I've seen Red Sox people say, I think this is a 90-win team. I was energized by winter weekend. Oh, really? That, that was the whole point of it. It was hot. It was MLB hot stove. I have it right here. It was Adnan Verk. And then two other guys I've never seen before. <laughs> Schilling and Jared Carabas. No. For some reason, this guy's name isn't coming up when they, they show it. always could go worse to first. That's the thing. They've, they've literally done it before. Anybody so, can do anything in this Anybody life. can do anything. But they've done more bullshit than anybody else. <laughs> I've seen their fans be like, look, when it's it comes a lot to of like, if seven things go right, we can contend. It's like, you just did that several times. So back, back that ass up, as Mystical once said. It wouldn't be that mystical for the Boston Red Sox to go worse. Uh, did, they, did they finish worst? Did they finish behind the Orioles? Yeah. Orioles were above 500. Whew. I forgot. Yeah, they had a good year. He did go worst to first. 78 84 is not a bad worst, though. No, that's a that's a really good f- fifth place. God. They're even gonna miss Tommy Pham. Remember Tommy Pham on the Red Sox? Legend. I he probably could have come back. I don't know. Really, I, I think he's better than Adam Duval. I could be wrong. I definitely am wrong. That's why this episode is over. Because I'm, I'm <laughs> uh we will see you live again next Monday and next Thursday, two o'clock Eastern time. Right here on YouTube on the Yard YouTube channel. While you're here, why not subscribe? And if you're not here, if you're hearing this in retrospect on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, your preferred podcast platform, if you made it this far and this inspires you to go subscribe to the YouTube channel, Chef recommends. It's a good stream. You get to see the maroon sweaters and sweatshirts every so often. Uh, I promise not to wear this for at least another couple of weeks, but it is comfortable. Until next time, you can find me on Twitter at Adam Weinerib, Thomas Carinante. Where can the people find you? I'm at Tommy's underscore takes. We are both at the official Yanks Go Yard Twitter account at Yanks Go Yard FS. We're, our bylines are on uh, YanksGoYard.com. Plenty of content there for you. Thanks so for you, reading. You Thanks never for listening. Know, you never know who you're talking to on Yanks Go Yard FS, by the way. You think you hate one sure. of us. You might be wrong. Yeah. It could be the other one that you hate. Uh, I've had that happen before. Yeah, so the you, amount of times I got called out for something you've tweeted is, is good shit. Same, same. The Everybody exact. guessing. Everybody guessing. We keep you on your toes. That's what we're here for. We thank you for listening. We thank you for reading. Um, we hope you have a good weekend, championship weekend in the NFL. Um, and we'll see you on Monday. Maybe there's something. Maybe there's not. Maybe we'll just have another podcast where it's Red Sox hate and more Hall of Fame stuff. I don't know. But enjoy the time. We'll see you then. Go Niners. Go Bengals. As long as Eli Apple gets off the field. See you on Monday. 
You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.